0: Welcome to the Business English Podcast, the best place for non-Native professionals to learn how to communicate clearly and confidently. My name is Tanya Suarez, and in each episode, you're going to learn specific skills to develop your corporate communication, American pronunciation, and career strategy in order to build the life you deserve. Let's jump right in to part one. We're talking about to win friends and influence people. I think the thing I like the most, and let me know if you agree, the thing I like the most is it always emphasizes being genuine, because there are a lot of moments, because I do feel like I get a little protective of interactions, and I never want to mislead you, or I never want you to come across as, you know, and so I really appreciate the focus of this book being that everything you do yes you can have positive results yes you can have amazing opportunities but they're encouraging you not to do it because of those opportunities do it because you genuinely want to care for people and that to me is just the core of communication because anytime you're doing it and you don't think you're like oh you know they won't know it changes your energy so anytime you do do anything to get something out of someone I just think it's icky. So I really love that this is encouraging you, like this is really helping you to be a connector, to help you make connections. And then when you need to, you can use those strategies to make connections for a purpose as well. Become genuinely interested in other people. And I would love for you to feel inspired if this is something that you had, but kind of, I find that because we're talking about using these communication strategies for you in a different language, And that's just like another level. And what I mean by that is, what I think this book doesn't take into consideration that I wanna help you with to kind of bridge the gap between speaking English and communicating with English is get out of your head. (laughs) So many times because you're speaking a foreign language and I've totally felt this when I'm traveling, you're so in your head thinking about, okay, what's the next thing I can say? Am I using the right structure? How do I respond? that you miss, your body language will change, your energy will change, and you'll miss out on having that genuine opportunity to connect with someone and let them see your warmth and curiosity. So for this one, I wanna encourage you, if that's something that is characteristic of how you communicate in your native language, awesome. Bring that into the English conversation. If it's not, I wanna re-inspire you to be curious, not nosy, you know, appropriate topics, but be curious about the other person. I love when you're, because when you're genuinely paying attention, you'll notice when their body language changes, when something comes up that they're interested in. If you're in your head, just thinking about the grammar and the English, and are you saying things correctly, you're gonna miss out on these cues that you'll notice that typically if we, if something comes up and that's something that we like, you know, you might perk up, your shoulders might come up, you might lean in a little bit. And if you're paying attention to the other person and you catch that, you know, Oh, okay. This thing that was said, this is something I can follow up on and continue the conversation. And it really is something, you know, really take a look at how you interact in your native language. Cause this is something that is not language specific. Maybe this is something that you don't do that you can start incorporating. And if you do, when you realize, Oh shoot, I don't do that in English. And then that might explain a little bit why you feel frustrated that you're not connecting with people like you do in your native language. In your mind, you might think, oh, it's my grammar, it's my English. But the people that I work with, you know, my students, that's what we focus on. It's like, you know what? It's not the prepositions. It's not the phrasal verbs. Those help. But it's because you're missing a little part of you. And so that's a really beautiful moment to like, okay, moving forward, especially if you're here, right? If you're here, When you follow me on social media you're probably upper intermediate to advanced so you have the basic more than basic english what you need now is the soul of the language and the soul of you and let me know what you think okay so the next one oh one more point for this one so about becoming genuinely interested like i said you can respond to people's body language when you see they get excited about something that was mentioned you can also do research If you know you're going into a meeting, look up the people, you know, see what their social media is like. Um, I find that this helps you skip the superficial small talk that a lot of people criticize, like, it's superficial, it's not genuine. Okay, but if you have nothing else to talk about, what are you gonna do? But it's really cool, for example, when I meet a student for the first time, if they have looked me up, which usually that's why they connect with me. And they mention something like, oh, I saw that you were in Budapest last year and I went there with my family. You skip the small talk and you go straight into personal experiences. So doing a little bit of research, whether it's the people that you're in the meeting with, if you're hanging out with your friends, friends, for example, you can ask them a little bit about topics that they're interested in. So, those few minutes of research or more, you know, whatever, Um, they'll pay off it'll help you feel more confident. And from the language perspective, you can prepare a little bit more if you know that this person, like one of the stories in the book, the guy was really into dogs. Remember, I think he had a meeting and and he showed him like all this dog stuff. So if you know that from a language perspective, you can make sure that you have the vocabulary that you want or that you need to express. Maybe you realize, okay, I, I can talk about dogs, but I don't really have a lot of adjectives to say cute, fluffy, playful, So that'll help you prepare and feel more confident with whatever topic you want to talk about. All right. Next point. Very simple. Smile. Okay. With the smile comment, I feel like as a woman, (laughs) this is definitely something that when I saw it, I was like, oh, but then I said, okay, don't get defensive. And what I mean by that, if you're not privy to it or you've never experienced it, People, specifically men, feel very open and entitled to telling women to smile and culturally, at least in the US, that's been a big topic of conversation. So what this book is saying, it's not about that. So we can kind of, or at least for me, I had to like get less defensive and just really listen to the core of the message. And I really like this, especially if you're talking to Americans. So different cultures respond differently or have different expectations about facial expressions. If you've met any American like me, if you've watched any show or movie, you know that we smile a lot. And some people think that it's disingenuous, some people think it's really sweet, some people think it's funny, whatever your opinion is. So something I read in another book actually about smiling that I thought kind of changed my perspective on it, it's about how you smile. And I think the criticism with American smiling is because it's such a big smile, like, you know, anytime you go into an American restaurant or store, hi, how are you? How can I help you? It's very aggressive. It's very big. And some people perceive that as fake. We perceive it as just a social norm, whatever. So the tip that I had read in a different book is it's not about just smiling. It's about how you smile. And that to me really changed my perspective on how you can use it to be genuine. Um, Because again, with this book and just with the way I love language, I want you to be yourself. I don't want you to be fake to get what you want. I want you to find your best self to grow in your life. So the tip is to to smile slowly. And it never occurred to me. And I think that's why sometimes people think Americans are fake. It's because we just instant big smile. So for this kind of genuine interaction, instead of a big smile, I think it's really different because you have it shows that the person earned the smile or that it was genuine. So instead of just, oh, great, that sounds amazing. It's more of a you know, you listen like, wow, that's really interesting. That slow growth of the smile in conjunction with really listening to what the person's saying, I think can be a very wonderful addition to your interaction. And from a language perspective, there's no language. There's no preposition to worry about, no grammatical structure. So these are things that people will remember how you make them feel. And this is one of those things that you can use. They'll remember that, like, wow, oh, that person had a really genuine smile or that person made me you know, feel really special They'll remember that more than, oh, did you notice I didn't use that article correctly? <laughs> Native speakers don't really pay attention to that. They really do focus more on is the person interesting or engaging. So, smiling and personality helps a lot. You know what I liked about the story? It wasn't just the impact of the smile in terms of business, even though we you know that's what we're trying to cultivate business practices. Remember that story where that guy realized he never even really smiled to his wife? and that in changing that interaction, it just reinvigorated their connection and their relationship. And so I think this is something that, especially if you're having a really hard time, maybe you're going through tough times. I mean, hello, it's a global pandemic. We all have reasons not to smile. So when you make that time to make someone feel that they brought that smile to your face, it's really powerful and so simple. So the next point, I believe we're on point three, it's remember that a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. (gasps) I have so many thoughts about this one. So admittedly, I am more visual. So I'll remember someone's face. I'll remember the person. I'll remember details about them. But I have not been very good about remembering names of people that I meet. And it's so easy to say that, right? Like, oh, I'm just, I'm not good with names. But because that's such a general comment or sentiment, the people that do remember names really stand out. So the people that do remember names stand out. And in this age of technology where we text, we message, so much of our interactions are in writing, people who remember the spelling. So for example, this means a lot to me because my name has two N's. So it's T-A-N-N-I-A. And whenever I get a written message, I, if they say my name or if they spell my, write my name, type, Um, type my name, but it's misspelled like part of me, like, okay, I appreciate that you tried to use my name. You probably heard me say it, but when you're online, right? It takes two seconds to just quickly go check the person's profile or look them up on LinkedIn or find something where it's a spelling. Even if you think it's like a regular name, maybe it's a tiny difference because when I see that someone took the time to spell my name correctly with two N's, it really makes an impact. So when you, you see that, and it doesn't mean that you think less of the person who doesn't, but you definitely think more of the person who does. And so with this chapter, it really reminded me of, I started falling back on, because you know, there's some things going on here and meeting new people. And I was falling back on the old, ah, I'm not good with names. And then hearing these or reading these stories in the book of okay even napoleon he would like ask for repetition he would write it down to help him visualize it and i thought you know these people who have presidents you know of the us they have so many people in their lives both important and less important if they can make the time and they understand the value of this hello so can we right So this is something that I would love for you to do. And the good thing is depending on your industry or right now working from home, you see or talk to the same people more so now than ever because there are less social options. So this is a great opportunity to try to inject their name a little more. I will caution you. I've also had people who I can tell tried to do business training and they go too far. And I'm talking about native speakers and they go too far. They overuse. And so when I have meetings with certain people in business or working with people in tech and they use my name too much, then it comes across a little bit salesy, a little bit disingenuous. It's like, okay, I get it. It it almost feels like they're trying to meet a quota of how many times they want to say your name. So I would say, much like smiling, don't smile 100% of the time, don't say the person's name over and over and over again. When you use it strategically and carefully and genuinely, that's you know the core of it, so it feels natural, that's the winning combination. Yes, like the Greek client. And you know what? I think that that was a really beautiful story, especially because you know I work with a lot of foreigners my family is Mexican, my name is kind of different in terms of the spelling. When it's a cultural thing, and I remember even when I was working with kids, whenever the kids had very different non-American names, everybody would just give them a nickname or call them something different because their name's too hard to say, which I don't like that practice at all. But that makes it even extra special when you do take the time. And they get to hear their name and it's okay if it's in a different accent because you know it is what it is but when you take that time it's pretty cool so we are on point four out of six is be a good listener and encourage others to talk about themselves i love this um as in well and, and you let me know if this is something that it's hard for me to say this since I'm the only one talking, (laughs) but when someone only talks about themselves and they never ask about the other person to me, that's a huge red flag. It's a huge red flag, especially as an adult meeting people, the people who, even if I don't want to talk about myself, but the people who ask about me to me, it just elevates my my respect for them, my opinion of them, and i trust them more. And i wanted to say that because i didn't want you to misconstrue the advice in the book as always make it about the other person. I think it's very important to have some reciprocal conversational moments. You know, if someone only talks about themselves even though you're encouraging it, i just wanted to caution you against that dynamic full time. But For the positive part when you ask them interesting questions when you're genuinely curious about them they feel good and even if they were the ones mostly talking like the stories in the book they feel like they had a genuine connection and conversation with you and that can be really powerful from a language perspective hello this is way less pressure on you this is less pressure and i think this is great for english training because typically we train how to respond to questions. But something I'm trying to do with more of my students is training how to ask questions, more importantly, how to ask interesting, genuine questions. So this is something that you can 1000% prepare for. Maybe in your mind you kind of know who you're going to interact with. And again, this is also not just for English, you can do it in your native language, but on the English side, if you kind of have an idea like, okay, I have to meet with like this CEO, or I have to, you know, work with this supplier in English, pre-prepare some questions that you can ask so that you're ready for it. Why not, right? If you can, whenever you have those opportunities. So that's something that I want you to be mindful that a lot of your English learning has been more on the talk about yourself. So now that you're at this level and we're doing this training, flip it. Think about how can you ask someone about them? How can you ask about appropriate topics? You know, think about things that are interesting but not too personal. How do you phrase your question? So the the really great thing is work on questions that are not yes, no answers. Because if you ask a question that can be easily answered with a yes or no, sometimes it stops the conversational flow. And some of those are okay. So it takes a little bit extra work on understanding question structure for questions that really invite longer, deeper answers. And and when you're listening, breathe. Don't distract your mind thinking about how you're going to respond, what you're going to say, all the words that you maybe missed or you didn't hear trust that you can understand their topic contextually. Because if you focus in on the one word, you're like, oh, I don't know what he said. What was that one word? You're missing out on the story. So this is really good to, for your listening skills. And you can practice this by watching YouTube videos, even just watching a show on Netflix. Sometimes when you watch shows or movies, you're focused more on reading the captions, identifying the words. Every now and then mix in some relaxed listening practice. Take the captions off and just see if you can enjoy. Um, I like to do do this with shows that are funny because you can kind of measure when you laugh. So if you know, if you've seen the show and you didn't laugh for the 15 minutes that you watched it without captions, then I would say, okay, maybe encourage a little more listening practice or training all right the next one. Oh, by the way one last thing about this one this will also help you in group settings um, i think when we're from a language perspective when you're in a group setting you're so nervous that someone's going to call on you that you're not fully engaged but i would say again trust it that, that what you have is enough for the moment but practice asking questions to people. If you notice that a few people are being left out, maybe they're not talking as much. That's the person you can say, Hey, what about you? What do you, what do you think about this? So what that does is, you're participating, you're adding value by including others. And that can be really special too. Alright, next one, second to last point, talk in terms of the other person's interest this one was pretty cool. So let me think of what story was in this one. I think it was about the architect going to meet with a potential client. And instead of remember, the guy was like, you only have five minutes, don't waste his time. But instead, he started talking about the architectural details about the office. And that led to um, a deeper conversation. And then they ended up becoming friends, and he got the job or whatever. But I think the point there is, it's kind of like the last one, but it takes a little more effort. So there are a couple of ways you can do this. Number one, research. If you know who you're meeting with, check out their social media, check out if it's a company, check out their website, LinkedIn, get to know a little bit about it, not in a creepy way, like don't go overboard, but you know, some things that you can pull up, conversation, if you notice that they like travel, if you notice that they are big foodies, if you, you know, things like that. Number two, look at the body language. If a topic comes up and they're listening, if they lean in, if their shoulders go back and they look a little more excited, keep talking about that particular topic. All right, so the next one, is this the last one? Yes, make the other person feel important and do it sincerely. Again, the sincere part is key. If anything that you do here that's too much or just for the sake of you getting what you want, it's going to be obvious. Like I told you, like whenever I, people say my name too much, I'm like, OK, like, I'm not here for, for the sale <laughs> um, for this one. I think it was a story of a president, maybe who was looking at a car. And what was really interesting is that instead of just complimenting the car, he really complimented the things that he knew and could tell took special attention. So this is a great way of, of thinking about compliments differently, you know, instead of just complimenting generalities or superficial things, think about, okay, what, what does this person really do that, that I think they would appreciate that I appreciate for the example with the car, he he complimented the things that the person went above and beyond. Like I think he had put the initials on the luggage it is part of the setup and those compliments, really make you feel good. And it's the whole premise of this book is go above and beyond. Anyone can give a superficial compliment or something less, you know, a little more automatic, but taking those few seconds or minutes to get to know a person, to understand what are the things that they will appreciate you pointing out. So good. So those are the six points for part two now, something I wanna highlight here, my final thing for you is, even as I'm retelling and trying to find the points, if I just try to think about what chapter was that in? What was the point again? That'd be really hard. What this book does beautifully and something that I encourage you for presentations, for conversations, for anything, I only remember the principles because I remember the stories. Storytelling. So anytime you have an opportunity to frame something as a story, it is one of the most effective ways to help people remember the point, especially the essence. So something that I really want you to work on is instead of just saying facts, start working on your storytelling skills and craft. And the way you can do that is reading this book and notice how they they could have made this book very clinical and like, this is it, this is how you do it, these are the steps. Instead they say, okay, this is the principle and this is a story that highlights how this is applied in real life. So this book is gonna be your observation on how you can increase your storytelling for your language skills. All right, thank you so much for joining me. I'm trying to keep these under 30 minutes. I'm so happy that you all were here. Um, let me know what your favorite parts were. And remember, if you don't have time to read the book, just go read the highlights. I'll put the link again for you. For more business English resources like articles, videos, courses, and one-to-one coaching with me, head over to tanyasuarez.com.